Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. So glad to have you here with us today. You know that song that is our intro, it comes from Mark Pogue's album. The song itself is called Money Can't Buy. There are so many things in this world that we think about the money. How much does it cost? But there are more important things that money can't buy. And Mark, I really appreciate that song. I appreciate you letting us use the intro to it um, as the intro to our show every week. Um, I do encourage you, pick up Mark's uh, album, Through the Fire. Um, you can go to markpoga.com and pick that up. There's a link on our website that will take you right straight to it as well. Um, you know, And it's really important because today we really want to talk about those things that are more important. The uh, more tangible, more needed, more nece uh, necessary in our lives. Those are the kind of things that money can't buy. Money can't touch it. You can have all the money in the world and not have happiness. I remember I had such a perfect real world example of this in my life. A few years ago, I was working um, as a consultant. Um, it was for the Kirby company, for those of you that are familiar with Kirby vacuums and um, Lily that I was working with, she had formed a partnership with a gentleman um, who was essentially financing a finance company. He wanted to um, have residual ongoing income, and so he created a, a finance company. He had that kind of wealth, um, and he had moved up to northern Washington um, from, I think, Santa Barbara or something like that, one of the, you know, somewhere down in Southern California. And he had enormous wealth, but he had absolutely no happiness. He built himself a property, um, really nice house, um, really nice compound that he put with all kinds of buildings and stuff on there. But then he built a wall around it. And every time he drove by it, it was like a little tiny mini prison is how it really looked. And, and in, in a way is really kind of how it felt. And I always felt bad for him. His his children didn't really come to visit him. He didn't have relationships with them. Um, and he really didn't go away from that piece of property. He basically lived there. And, um, you know, nobody came and visited him. And he had no one in his life. He was alone in his own self-created prison. With all this money, and I mean, he had enormous amounts of wealth. He's as close to um, a real-world you know, version of Scrooge McDuck, you know, swimming in his money <laughs> as, uh, as anybody I've ever met. And as, uh, as grumpy and, um, you know, uncaring about people as any, any version of Ebenezer Scrooge you've ever seen, um, it was really sad to watch and very sad to see. And, and even though we did a lot of work with him, uh, 
you know, I think in the two-ish, three-ish years that um, I knew Lily, I'm not sure that I saw him come out of that complex more than maybe once or twice out of those several years stayed there, had food delivered, you know, groceries delivered directly to him, had cleaning people and, you know, and cooks and things like that and things that money can buy come in and take care of stuff for him. But he was isolated. Now think about your life. Think about the things you really want in your life. In my book, um, I talk a lot about, you know, people who are truly money driven. And there's very few of us that are really, truly money driven. Um, you know, because if we were really money driven, there are some jobs that you can go out that you can get that are really, truly, uh, you know, based solely in money. They're what we call high risk, high reward kind of a jobs. Um, you know, things like putting out fires on oil rigs, um, you know, high, high risk, very high mortality rate. Um, you know, the kind of jobs that if you were to talk to your insurance agent and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting a job doing such and such, um, you know, they would tell you, hey, you know, we can't insure you uh, for both either health or life if you work that job because it's just too high risk. But people who are really, truly money driven, they take that job because to them, it is worth every bit of it up to and including their life for that quick financial gain. Um, and we, we look at life that way. We don't think about what's important, about what money can buy, about what we can do, about all the things that help us make it through because we're totally focused on the money. And a lot of us say, you know, hey, I'm money motivated. And I agree 100% with Tony Robbins. Um, you know, money doesn't get rid of your problems, but it allows you to arrive at them in style. You know, if you've got to pull up to a problem, it's always better to pull up in a limo than it is, uh, you know, on foot. Um, absolutely, money can help with a lot of situations. But there are so many things that are much more important in life. So I challenge you for a minute. Look around. What are the things in your life that money can't buy? And ask yourself. We're going to be talking today with Keith Gardner and Tia Ross. Tia, of course, you know, you've seen her on the show several other times. Tia's book uh, about living your life on purpose, with a purpose, an international best-selling book. I um, mean, she's going to be interviewing basically most of this episode, Keith Gardner, Keith Gardner went through a horrendous experience. And I'm going to share some of the backstory with it because while we're talking with Keith, we don't really go into that. Um, Keith, as a junior in college, um, on track to be the next NFL star, had focused his whole entire life on being an NFL star, ended up in a situation where he was shot in the head and um, had to regain every piece of his life. Had to learn how, again, how to walk, how to talk. You know, the doctors didn't think he was going to live. And what he's learned through that is what we want to really deal with today. Because we really need to start thinking about what are the things that are really important in our life. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can buy for ourselves. And as thriving entrepreneurs, I want you to live a life where you're thriving, where you're advancing, where every day of your life, life is getting better. But I also know right up front that that doesn't necessarily 
have much, if anything, to do with money, with, with the dollars that are in the bank. Often what you'll find with people is that the more money that they have in the bank, the higher their threshold for worry becomes. I remember living next door to a lady who any time her bank account dipped below $10,000. And I need to you know, let you know I was a young adult at the time. You know, I mean, I was making minimum wage or real close to that. And given the age that I am, you know, that was probably three bucks an hour or something like that. Um, you know, so the concept of having $10,000 for the whole year would have been amazing for me. Um, you know, but she lived a life where whenever her bank went below $10,000, it freaked her out. She was in total shock and absolute meltdown. And that is those kind of things when our lives become focused on the money. But when we begin to look at who are the people in our life? What are the things in our life? What are the things that are really, truly tangible that are worth it? that we want to invest our time, our effort, our energy into. Ask yourself that real quick. What is really important in my life? Let's move money off to the side. Let's move all the things that money can buy off to the side for a minute. And let's just simply talk about what is really, truly important. I want you to think about that one. We're coming up on our first commercial break already. And during this commercial break, of course I want you to listen to the commercial break, but I want you to think to yourself, what's important? What are the things that money can't buy? Who are the people in your life that you never could have made it without? And then when we come back, we're going to jump into the interview with Keith and Tia and talk to you about the things that money can't buy and all of the things that we never could have made it without, especially who are the people that you can say, I never could have made it without you. We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because... It serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. We are going to jump into this fun interview with Tia Ross, who's interviewing our next best-selling author, Keith Gardner. If you're listening live, his book is actually launching today. You can get it for free on Amazon.com. But even if you're not listening live, this is a must-have book. Keith is talking about all those things in life that we need 
that money can't buy. But more importantly, there are people in our life that we know we never could have made it without you. And so his book, I Never Would Have Made It Without You, is so important, so imperative that we listen to. Because think about it, there are a lot of things in our life, and it's really easy to be locked in to the things that have gone bad. But what are the things that have gone right in your life? Often, as people, we look at our lives, we look at the things that have gone wrong in our lives, we focus on that. We don't see the good because we're so focused on the last situation and how it didn't turn out exactly the way that we had hoped. And it's easy to keep those in mind. But let's stop for a second now and let's talk about the things that we are so glad we have in our life. What are the things that you can say, I never would have made it without? Now even more so, who are the people that you'd like to say today, I never would have made it without you? I'd love to introduce to you both Keith Gardner and Tia Ross. They're going to talk today about Keith's best-selling book, I Never Would Have Made It Without You. Hi, guys. How are you today? Wonderful. Pretty good. Yes. So, Thank you, Steve. Yeah. I mean, it's such an amazing book and such a uh, mind-blowing, is the only word that comes to mind, journey that you were on, Keith. Um you know, share with us from your heart. I guess the first thing I'd love to hear is um, who are the people in your life that you'd like to say today, I never would have made it without you? And I'm just going to kind of let you and Tia kind of talk back and forth on that and the book. Well, I have to start off first saying God. I mean, God, I mean, sometimes I don't, I don't know where to start, but he, he's and he's he's awesome, wonderful. I mean, it's it's a blessing that I'm 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 able to talk and to tell the world my testimony right now because uh, doctors doctors didn't think I was going to make it. You know, for some people who didn't know, I was in a coma for 15 days, and God found a way to give me a chance to live again. He saved me. You know, my life, and I had to make a change, get my life back in order, because I wasn't living right at that time. You know, when I found out I was shot, I, I, like I said at the time, I didn't know I was shot. But when I did find out, it was time for me to make a change for the better. And um, I thank God all the time. I have, I have a family, a wonderful family, friends, true friends. I really had to find about that, true friends who's been with me. Uh, before my accident and especially after. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so grateful, grateful right now. And that's why I wanted that on my book. I never would have made because I never would have made it with the people in my life. Tia Ross, my family, um, and some of the true friends. I have coaches who's been on my, in my life that's been like fathers father figures in my life. And I'm, I'm always say I never would have made it without you or whoever it is. And I, I'm just so grateful. 
you know, um, Keith, one of the chapters that I really loved in your book was the area where you talk about how at one point when you were a football player, it took so much to be as good as you were on the field. And what you did on the field, you then took into the world of your job and your career. So the same mindset that you had on the field, you took into life after this accident happened. And, you know, I love that when you talk about you taking something from the field and using it in the world to make it. Yeah, I just well, football was football was my everything. You know, that was I mean, besides my parents, my mother and father, football was football was my everything. So, uh I tell people right now, football is like a girlfriend to me. I would do anything for it. So that's how much I love the game of football. So I mean, for us family, friends, and like I said, number one was God who made a difference in my life. And I never would have made it without it and with all those people. Yeah, it's pretty unique how, like, God orchestrates, uh, Steve, you know, God begins to orchestrate people being placed in our life at the perfect time. You know, uh, over a little over two years ago, I met Keith, and I literally needed him at the time he stepped into my life. So, we weren't even looking for each other and found each other and started talking. And it's amazing how you meet people and you never truly know the path that God will have you all on or what it is that he's trying to accomplish by putting two people together. So I love how in your book you go back and begin to reflect on the different times in your life from the time you were a child, you know, how, uh, your father was in your life, and he was amazing. And at the same time, you also had coaches who stepped in for you and teachers who stepped in. Even before the accident, God was already placing people on your path, which I find is so amazing in your book. It's not even just about the people that came in your life after the accident, but it's also the people who God was strategically placing in your life before this accident even happened, you know? Yes. God, God has me living for a purpose, a reason. Sometimes I question, like, why I had to learn that um, everything happens for a reason. Nights I can't sleep. I'm still in that situation sometimes. Like, why why me, Lord? Why why this had to happen to me? What did I do? I, I thought I was was a okay, good person. I, I, I try not to, nothing bad to hurt anyone, but just sometimes... It says you're in the wrong place, wrong time. But when I look back, you know, it says that I wasn't living right. And God gave me that second chance, though. You know, um, I'm just so grateful, though. Um, I, I, I just I just want to help other people. That's just the main thing for me because God blessed me and gave me another chance because I have people in my family who didn't get that second chance. I have a cousin with a bullet to his head who died. So, and God gave me a chance to live. So I'm just so grateful right now. Um, Tell, if you were talking to somebody right now, Keith, who you know was going through a rough time, you know, because when we're in times, we always talk about how when you're in the rough time, you don't really think about 
what it's going to be like when it's over. You know, when you get through the rough time, you're always in that real time, you know, going through the struggle, and you never really think about what it will be like once it's over. So I know that you wrote this book, and as you were working on this project, you know, I was watching you talk about a lot about, man, this book is probably going to help people that are in the struggle, you know, because your book talks about, shows how, you made it to the other side with the people in your life. But what would you say to somebody right now who was reading your book, who was in the struggle, you know? What would you have to say to them to encourage them? Is that we all going to go through some storms. I don't care what storm you're going through, but you have to find a way to overcome it. Uh, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be some tough times. Many nights I was sad, like I said, depressed, frustrated, angry. Many nights I felt like I wish I'd have been dead. But that wasn't nothing but the devil on me. And I had to find a way to overcome that. And that's when sometimes you, you, you have to find out who your true friends are. My days always tell me, let that pride go. You know, it was times where I don't know, I was ashamed to tell some people, but I, I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have a place to live out here. When I tell the whole world, I, I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed to tell people I was, I was homeless at one time, living out here in Las Vegas. I didn't have a place to, to stay. You know, that's what I want to tell people. You know, um, when you, be careful. You know, when, when you have something good, you better hold on to it. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. You know, because I was, like I said, I was out here homeless, man. I didn't know what to do. You know, I I, I, didn't, I couldn't go back home. I didn't want to go back home to New Orleans. I had to find a way to weather the storm. But God, God gave me another chance, and it was a blessing to run into T.O.R. She, she, she became like a, a, a true, true friend to me in my life. And I, I don't know how I would have made it without her. Well, it's so amazing because watching you, you give me, you give to me just as much as I give to you. As I listen to Keith and Tia talk about the specialness of their relationship and how much they give to one another, it makes me think, you know, there are people in our lives that are important. They're special. They give so much to us. And often we forget to stop and thank them. They're just there. They're always, they're consistent. They're the people that are our rocks. They just, like you said, they're always, they are there. They love us. They pour into us. And when we need something, when we're down, they're the person that we're going to turn to. And that leads us back to that question. Who are the people in your life that you can say, I never would have made it without you? I mean, there are so many people in life that are temporary. Um, I remember hearing Lisa Nichols' grandma refer to people as, um, you know, some people are just snacks. <laughs> and, um, you know, it is true. There are people that are just for a while in our life. And there are other people that they're so important. They're so imperative in our life that without them, we just really can't make it through. And so for you, if you were on the radio right now 
and you could bring another person on the radio with you, who would you want to say to, I never would have made it without you? Who would you say that to? And now I encourage you. I mean, even so much so that if you're at a place where you can pause the listening of this, because I want you to listen to all of it, okay? There's a whole lot more good tidbits that uh, Keith and T are going to share with us. But it might be a good time to pause and tell somebody special in your life, you know what, I want you to know, I'm where I am today because of you. I never would have made it without you. Say that to somebody. Write them an email. Call them on the phone. You know, I mean, maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your spouse. Whoever that person is in your life, let them know how much you value them, how important they are, and how glad you are that they're in your life. And then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back i'm here with keith gardner and tia ross we're talking about keith's best-selling book i never would have made it without you it's an amazing book um, you know, sharing with you some of the trauma that Keith went through and all of the successes that he's had in life. You know, life took a left turn on him and things weren't what he had planned. And yet now Keith is sharing how as he looks back over the course of his life, he's found so many purposes, so many reasons. Often life takes a left turn on us, but that doesn't mean it's our end. It just simply means that it's another time, another opportunity. It's the next chance for life to be even more so and better than we could have ever imagined. You know, I think of the uh, song by the by the Winans. Um, some of you may know them. Um, you know, the song, without going into all of it, has a phrase that says, millions didn't make it, but I'm glad that I'm one of the ones who did. And I really encourage you to take those moments that have been down times in your life that maybe you almost didn't make it through and really celebrate that you know there are a lot of people who didn't make it. But be glad that you are one of the ones who did. As we continue on talking with Tia and Keith. Every time I look at you, one of the things that made me really um, begin to pay attention to you and really look at all that you were in this world was the fact that you've gone through all this 
you know, looking back over your book, you've gone through the losing your mom at at an early age, you know, right when a young man needed his mom, you lost her going into college, you know, and then losing over 17 people in your family over in a short period of time. You know, imagine losing people in your family, one person after the next, after the next, and the, the grief, you know, and then you got Katrina that happened. You know, we don't leave that out. You know, you had to be misplaced and move from your hometown. You know, and then you had a marriage that didn't work out. And I'm sure you wanted it to at one time, and then that didn't work out. You know, so let down after let down after let down, and I still see you have a smile on your face. I still see you say, uh, give God glory, you know. And most people don't do that. Most people that I've known, that I've worked with, and I've worked with people for over 25 years. I've been doing personal development for years. And uh, one of the things that I've seen is that, and myself included, is that when we go through hardships, one after the next, after the next, after the next, we tend to get to a place where we're angry at God or where we want to give up or we feel like God doesn't love us anymore. But when I look at you, not one time have you had a frown on your face towards God. Not one time have I seen you, you know, uh, be angry at God. I've always seen you say, well, God knows best, even in your roughest time, you know. And that's one of the things about your character that you give to me. Like I watch you and how you don't give up and how you have a even higher standard of living sometimes. You know, um, I accomplish a lot of things, but when I look at you get up every morning, between 4.30 and 5.30 and go work out. Like you're that committed to striving. You're so committed to going to the next level in life. So I watch your commitment to not give up. And you give to me in ways that you don't know. So that's something that you get to me. And I just tell people change. Change is going to come. I mean, it's going to be some tough times. And I'm going to continue saying don't give up because – I don't know if it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife you're going through, but it's, it's going to be some tough times. Um, that's some days you're ready to quit, but you have to find a way to weather the storm. And no matter what you're going through, don't let anyone take away your joy. You have to continue being strong. You can't give up. I'm, I'm gonna continue saying, just can't give up. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be some tough time. I don't care if you're a millionaire. It's gonna be some days where God is gonna test you. He's gonna see how strong you are, and you and you just can't you can't give up. Like I say, He will test you. God will test you and see how strong you are. So I just want the whole world, and that's what I tell my dream was shattered for a purpose, a reason. I, I feel God has me living for a purpose, a reason. You know, I'm, I'm not going to ever tell myself I wasn't good enough to play on Sundays. That means the NFL. But God had a better plan for me. But I feel that if I can help other people around the world, because I, like I said, I have people, family, friends, who took their life, commit suicide, some that I never... I would never believe. I will never remember and say, "How? Why? Why did this happen?" But things happen. You know, we we take things for granted, and that's why I tell people you you can't you can't take nothing for granted and cherish every moment. Yes. Yeah, so I love uh, Keith how you talk about 
um, doing whatever it takes, you know, doing whatever it takes to make it. This is something that Keith always says is whatever it takes. So sometimes when we want to give up on each other or we get, you know, drive each other crazy or we, you know, learning each other through this relationship and, and Keith will always tell me whatever it takes, whatever it takes. So, you know, uh, just remembering when you get to the point where it seems impossible, it seems like everything is done or it seems like it's not going to work. Just remembering you say whatever it takes, you know, it gives me the strength to kind of do whatever I have to do to keep moving forward in life or to go into the next level. You know, what would you say? Like, that's one of your famous words. You know, where did you ever, where did you pick up that word? You know, what, when it makes me think about when did you start telling yourself whatever it takes? Just living, listening things from my father. You know, he was a hard worker. He's always telling me when he was living, working in the Navy. And just the hard work, the dedication, determination, that willpower. And that was my motto. Whatever it takes. And I play football, basketball with some of my teammates. Man, we can't quit. We can't give up. The game is not over. It's four, it's four quarters. You know, you can't give up. So when I found out I wasn't able to play football anymore, I took that attitude to my job in the real world. So if I work, I'm always on 30 minutes before. I'm going to make sure I don't be late. I want to be the first one there. Last one to leave, and that's just how I felt on the football field. You know, I want to be the first one there, last one to leave. You know, I I just want to do whatever it takes to help each other, help other people around the world if I can. So, uh-huh. you know what? This is so good. As you were talking right now, it made me realize um, something that's so key. You know, if you're listening right now and you had a dream, you had a goal, you had something that your mind was made up on that you were going to do, and then an interruption happened, and uh, interruption that you didn't have control over maybe happened, and now you're on a different path. If you're listening to this, this is why I wrote my number one bestseller, you know, Living on Purpose with the Purpose, is exactly what Keith is just talking about. You know, sometimes we're we go through things and we don't realize that when we're going through them, God is preparing us for something else. And that's where we get stuck. Many of us get stuck in the something else because our mind was made up on what we had planned and what we thought was going to happen. And then God had a bigger plan. So if you're listening, you know, one of the key takeaways that I see is, if you've ever gone through something and you have no reason why you had to go through it, look at more, instead of paying attention to what it was you went through, look at what you got from it. Because whatever you got from it is for the next level. You know, Keith, you didn't, uh, you had a dream and a goal to be a football star, like you said, and you were headed in that direction and you were giving it your all and then there was an interruption and God started putting you on another path. That's so beautiful. And it's just opening up, you know, the book coming is just now opening up what that next chapter is. So as you read through your book, we're looking at all your past journeys. I'm interested in this new journey. You know, this book to me is sort of like closing of one chapter in your life, and now God gets to reveal why you had gone through all of that. So this next season, you know, 2018, 19, 20, we don't know the next five years what God's going to reveal to you 
And I'm just grateful to be on that journey with you. Like, I'm thankful that God orchestrated my life and put a man like you in my life. Because now, together, we have a whole new purpose. And that includes me. Like, I don't know all the things and the letdowns that I've gone through. And I've gone through a lot of letdowns from the time I was little, too, losing people to suicide in my family, you know, and uh, drugs and, and street gangs and a lot of different things that my family went through. And me being a teenage mom and now brought me in a, in a marriage that didn't work out for me either. And so now we are both sitting at the precipice of a new day. And I'm so grateful, Steve, that you and Kathy are in our life because I know you two have gone through a lot, and, you know, we all, all all of us now are headed into a new journey, and I'm really excited for what is getting ready to happen, even though I have no clue of how big it is. Tia, I'm so grateful for both you and Keith in our lives. I see so many amazing things, and yet for every one thing that I see that's a possibility that probably is on the horizon, I think there's probably 10 or 15 other things that are even bigger, greater, more awesome, more amazing than what we think of right now. And I really hope for the listeners that they have people in their life that help them, that encourage them uh, to drive further and go further than they would have ever thought without those people in their life. Tia is such a visionary. And then when you start hearing Keith's story, you really do become inspired and all of the things that could have been in your life that weren't, but yet you see how much better your life is, even though some of those dreams didn't turn out the way you thought. You got to be able to pour into the world all of the skills you learned in a way that shows up so much better, so much greater than what you thought it was going to be. I'm reminded of the story um, of the little trees, and I'm going to take a second and share it with you because it's so empowerful. Um, and if my dad was listening, I know he'd cry. Um, you know, the story goes that there are three little trees on a hillside, um, and they were sharing their dreams of what they wanted to be. Um, and the first tree said, you know, that I want to be a bed for a king. When I grow up, I'm going to be the resting place for the most amazing person in the world. And the second little tree said, I'm going to be the greatest ship. I'm going to have the most amazing cargo that has ever been carried ever in history. And the third little tree said, all I want to do is sit on the hillside and point to God. That's my goal for my whole life. And so time went by, and the first little tree, they came and they took you, and he's like, here you go. Now's my opportunity. I'm going to get a chance to become that royal bed. And then they took him, and they made him into a lowly manger that cows and sheep ate hay out of. And he wept. But then one day, a lady and a man laid a baby in that manger. And without, uh, you know, pushing my religious views on you, it is definitely a church story. But that was an impactful. And the bed for the most amazing man in the whole world. 
And so they came and they got the second tree. And he was excited. He's like, oh, I'm going to be a great boat that's going to hold the greatest cargo ever in the world. But instead, he was made into a lowly fishing boat. And he wept because Peter wasn't even a very good fisherman. But then one day, the nets were thrown on the other side of the boat. And the poor little boat almost sank because of the massiveness of the cargo that was brought in, all the fish that were caught. And the third little tree was standing there on the hillside, believing, hoping, waiting for nothing more than to just continue there and point men to God. But instead they came and they made him into a cross. And a man suffered and died on it, died on him. And yet, never in history has there been a tree that points men to God like that little tree. You see, our dreams don't necessarily turn out exactly the way that we dreamt them. But there's always a newer and better possibility. Things that we don't even know to dream of yet that are coming. I promise you that if you look for it and if you bring into your life the people that you know you never would have made it without, that you too can have wonderful, amazing dreams like those little trees. Don't go away. We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Yeah, that's right. Just before the last commercial break third generation minister Steve popped out a little bit just like he warned you at the beginning of the show and shared with you stories from my childhood that helps us imagine the possibilities of our greatest dreams of our biggest goals and how they can turn out so much more amazingly so than what we ever felt what we ever could dream of them being and I really want that for each of you I really appreciate this time that we're getting to spend with TN Keith. Keith sharing with us his amazing best-selling book, I Never Would Have Made It Without You, that you can get on Amazon. And we're just going to cover a few more things here with TN Keith before the show's over. Here's a few more really good tidbits for you for things that you too 
can learn and grow from and learn how to be able to say in your own life, I never would have made it without you. Talk to us a little bit, uh, Keith, about what you would like to be doing. And what, what do you think, now that all the past has gone by, you know, what are you dreaming of doing now? You know, and it could be anything. What, what are you thinking? I'm just thinking about inspiration and courage. Now, I, I just want to help people. That's the main thing for me right now because I'm going to continue thinking about situations with my, my mother. And I have other people. I have friends. I mean, ladies talk to me often, all in all, because situations with their marriage or boyfriend they're going through, they have kids, single parents going through and they think they can't make it. I mean, I really, really, they, they are talking about taking their life. And sometimes they need someone to talk to, someone, you know, to to lean on, guide them in the right path. And, and even not just women, there are some men who are going through some tough times. And I think we all need some encouragement at times. You know, sometimes it's not just about money. You know, if someone... Someone just to talk to, because I I've learned to not take anything for granted. You know, someone it, it won't take with just five minutes, because I feel if I were to talk to my mother or or some other people in my family, and just just a little conversation, they probably would be living. Some mistakes I made in my life, some poor choices, bad decisions I took, things I did in my life, I I just made some poor choices. And I think some other people, you know, they made some poor choice of bad decisions, but they just hang with the wrong crowd, wrong people. And um, I, I just want to help people. And that's just the main thing for me. Honestly, I, I, if I can, I just want to do whatever it takes to help someone, you know. Yes. So some of the things that we've been talking about that could be in your near future to help people are, you know, getting on the road with me, talking to youth, talking to communities, uh, through motivating the team spirit, what I've been doing for, you know, 20 years now, you joining and getting able, being able to speak to young men and, and girls about decisions they're making now, you know, and their, how it could impact their future. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about is this overwhelming, uh, you know, Peace that's happening in communities where a lot of these young men are looking to get into the athletic industry as their way out. You know, I see it over and over. I've been doing community development for 25 years. I've been working with youth all over the world. And I see in our communities a lot of youth that want to be an athlete. They want to be a star. They want to get into football, basketball, baseball. They want to be superstars. And, you know, sometimes that's great to dream big, but what you, the lesson I see in you is, you know, for, to have a backup plan. You know, you were good in school, which I love. You were already in college. You were, you were in your third year of college. So what I love about your journey is, yes, you had a dream of being big on the football field, but you also were, you know, pushing yourself in school. And you were in your third year of, you know, criminal justice major. You were you had that as a background, you know, in the background that you could always pick up and do, you know, and um, I love that, you know, in this next phase, maybe there's a time now that we get to talk to people, talk to young people about not giving up on school and not giving up on their dream in, in the world of football and, you know, being an athletic, you know, the importance of having something else 
not just sports, because you never know what's going to happen. Well, I, I tell the kids all the time, I'll be honest to them. I made that's a poor choice, a bad a bad decision I took when I was in school. My my mother and father sacrificed and struggled to get the best out for us education. I was in the Catholic school from kindergarten all the way to eighth grade. But even in high school, I, I just didn't bust my butt to school like I should have, like I bust my butt on the football field. Um a C would have been okay for me. Now, I mean, that's nothing to brag about, but that's the truth, and that's what I tell kids. Education is first, knowledge is power. I mean, if I would have, like I said, if I would have bust my butt to school like I bust my butt on the football field, I would have been an A student because I know the game of football, I mean, back and forth. And that's how much I love the game of football. I mean, I know everything. I, I, I know the game of football, but I just didn't want to do the education Study like I should have. I'm not dumb. I don't think nobody's dumb or stupid. It's just we do dumb, stupid things. I tell myself, that was crazy, KG. Keep what were you thinking about, you know? And I, it was just poor choices, you know, the things that I was doing at the young age. So that's why I try to tell the young men or young ladies because education is very important, you know. I never thought I'd be in a situation like this with a bullet to my head. You know, my dad would always tell me, boy, be careful. You know, knee injuries happen. Anything, you need something to fall back on. You know, it was my fault. I took something for granted, you know. So that's something I really want, you know, to talk to kids about. It's very, very, very important. You know, you can't take that for granted. You really need something. I mean, you want, you need that education, that knowledge. You need to learn. You know, when someone is talking to you, talking to you, you need to know what's going on to be able to be able to understand. Exactly. So that's so exciting, you know, to see how many lives we get to touch and telling that message to. I mean, I've seen youth, and I know youth right now, who, uh, you know, they have their mind set on being this star, but. What you're saying is being a star starts in school. So that's what Keith is saying is, you know, being a star begins with your education, making sure that you have that education and and another dream. You don't just have to dream about doing one thing, you know, stay open to what God may use you for. So, you know, this is more than exciting. This is on purpose. Uh, Keith is living a life on purpose with a purpose, and that's what I'm excited for. You know, I look back at the things I went through in my life, and I can see and put my hand on. Now, when I look back, I can see why I went through the experiences that I did. Because now I'm able to help other people as a possibility that I know you can rise above. I know that there's more to your story. So, Steve, you know, what I love about what you and Kathy are up to is you help people get this story out. And you've been helping us get our stories out. And now we get to live a whole new chapter together, you know, and using all of our past to be able to help other people and at the same time help ourselves. So really our path is really opening doors so that we can help ourselves get to the next level. And, Steve, I want to just thank you and Kathy for being that vessel with your company, you know, helping people get their books out and getting their messages out and telling their stories actually uh, 
opens the doors for new chapters for people, you know, and that's the exciting piece is to see where we go from here, the what's next. And so, uh, Steve, I'll give it back to you and just chime in. I know that you probably have a lot on this topic, too, because I know your stories as well. And I know that um, you all are headed into a new season as well. And so I love it because 2018 is almost here, and we're all set up to have an impact and to keep moving in our purpose. Never allow yourself to disregard yourself. You have a purpose, and so often we fall into the trap of feeling like we're less than because we compare ourselves to somebody else instead of just seeing where we've come from. You know, Keith from the streets of, uh, you know, New Orleans and just some of the things I know about it. I know you've been through some things and seen some stuff, and Tia, you know, and in the areas that you grew up down in San Diego, and that's where we've come from, not, you know, comparing ourselves to Oprah or, um, you know, a famous football player or something like that. We really need to give ourselves credit for how far we've come and then also be grateful to the people. Um, you know, I really encourage everybody, pick up the book, I Never Would Have Made It Without You by Keith Gardner. It's an amazing journey through his life um, and the recovery that he went through. Keith and Tia, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the radio today. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Really great book. Thank you both for being on the show. I really just want to spend a couple minutes talking to you about your legacy, about why you're here. You know, you've heard it in a commercial several times through the course of this show, and it's true, 80% of all the people in the world, you know, that's like, geez, I did the math one time, but it's more than 5 trillion people that want to write books. They want to be an author, and yet less than 5% of those ever do. That's so sad. Think about the people in your past, your your grandparents or your great-grandparents. Maybe there's somebody amazing in your ancestry like Kathy has that, you know, was pretty well the founder of Washington. Or, um, you know, I found out in my ancestry that I'm actually a descendant of Captain Kidd the Pirate. Um, you know, maybe one of those things is in your ancestry. But if you don't have those things written down, if the lessons you've learned aren't there and aren't being shared with the world, how are they going to be known for the next generation? You know, we used to have a lot of very small towns with small town newspaper reporters who would, um, you know, honestly, they, some of the things they captured were trivial. If you look back at them in comparison to us, you know, so-and-so had, you know, so many cows or, you know, those kind of things, um, you know, but yet, those are so important later on to the generations to come. And the wisdom, the knowledge, the things that you've learned, they need to be shared with the world. There are people in your future that can honestly say, I never would have made it without you. And those are the important things in your life that money can't buy. So what have we done? Well, Kathy and I created Best Sellers Guild. It's a free group. You can just simply go to bestsellersguild.com. No obligation. You just ask to join, and, and, and it's yours for free. 
Um, we share a lot of information in there. We do, on a regular basis, our free Write Your Book in One Hour workshop that is so impactful. We've had people that have written, you know, five or more books all on their own just from what they learned from that workshop. And we have other resources for you, for us to do your book for you, to do your book with you, or to have you do it all by yourself. Um, and I'm not asking you to necessarily join any of our programs, but we do make them available to you. But I am encouraging you. If you're one of the 80% of the world who wants to write a book, now's your time. And you can join us at bestsellersguild.com. Free group, lots of fun. It becomes really like a family. There are so many. It's fun to watch as the people meet each other in person. And, and they already have these deep relationships that they've formed with one another from having met each other in the guild. And we encourage you. We want you to be part of our family, too, so that you can and will share your story with the world. Because in the end, the world needs your story. There's nobody else that can tell the story of you, that can share the experiences you've had and the things that you've gone through. But you, your perspective, your life, your purpose, your meaning, it's intended to be fulfilled by you because you are uniquely brilliant. There is no one else in this world that is you. You were created specifically for a purpose. You have a reason. It's not just to take up the rest of the oxygen that's overflowing on the planet. You have a purpose, a very special, significant one. And the world, it needs you. We need every single one of you to fulfill that purpose that you were created for so that all of us in the world can be enriched by and from it. So come join us at bestsellersguild.com and let's find out how you can share your light, your life with the world. We look forward to getting to know you. We appreciate the time you've spent on the show here today and we hope that you'll listen to other episodes and join us again so that you can learn how to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance 
with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.